I think they're poking a little bit at our 80s kids brains uh with some of the parallels that you could draw to data but i'm not gonna um, i'm not gonna pick that apart i'm just gonna enjoy it <laughs> like, you know twaps <laughs> you you fucking said it <laughs> you fucking said it damn hey fat heads get boom y'all about to listen to the two fat dudes D-list internet celebs, the top of the crop, always slinging you the news with them nerd cred chops. Now listen up and listen well, the two fat dudes is coming, anyone can tell. Dukes digression, princes of pods, they'll rock your socks, they just can't stop. The two fat dudes are coming your way, the two fat dudes are coming your way. TFD Nerdcast coming at you for the 569th time, which at this point mm, should have been the 571st time, but man, COVID-19, she's a bitch. (laughs) She is such a bitch. Folks, what are the odds Mm. that one week when we're supposed to record, I get COVID, and then the next period, two weeks later, Chad gets COVID. Actually, actually, I dodged it. I was able to dodge the bullet. It was the rest of my household that that got the vid. And I didn't, I was so worried that I was like uh, asymptomatically carrying or some shit. I, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Cause 'cause you probably were. I mean, well, I thought I, 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 I have pretty clear proof that I ended up not. Oh, really? Yeah. Somehow I just was in the house with those two and stayed isolated enough that I, that I was able to duck and dodge and that's funny how that works duck dodge dip dive duck and dodge yeah and drink your own urine because you like the flavor and it's sterile (laughs) i didn't i didn't do all that now i don't believe you i also that's how you didn't get covid i also didn't there you go folks there's your there that's how you don't get covid you drink your own urine i also heard it here first I also didn't throw a wrench at anybody, thankfully. That, <laughs> That's how you avoided you know, COVID. Was, Just whip a wrench at Devin's you, head. You know, you back off. <laughs> <laughs> that that'd be a deterrent for sure. Back up. Back up. Yeah, that's Devin, you gotta stay in your room. Daddy has a whole bag of wrenches. <laughs> that's horrible. <laughs> oh. Hey, anywho, welcome to post COVID TFD Nerdcast. 569. That's right. I am your kind of groggy, but here, co-host, it's your boy, Zach. He'll wake the fuck up, because I'm Chad. You know who it is. Yeah, I, I had one of those moments where I I meant to take a 20-minute nap and still be awake two and a half hours before Chad would get here, and you know you know how naps go sometimes. Can't do it. It's, I woke up, and it was dark outside, and I was like, well, here we are. Yeah, man, I can't do the I can't do the twenty minute nap. Can't do it. I'm usually good at twenty minute power naps, but man, sometimes, just sometimes, coming back from a four day weekend, uh, I think that's what did it. Like going to work after a four day weekend, my brain was just just not having it today. Dude, totally. I actually I did the four day weekend thing too. I actually had had off both Thanksgiving and Black Friday for probably the first time I can remember as a grown up. Nice. It was kind of amazing. But yeah, you're right, man. Going back to work today was like, oh my god, I gotta go back after Dude, four days off. Fucking slog. Fuck. I, I got to work and I, I I legit went to sleep for like 15 minutes at least. And I, the lady that sits next to me, I was like, let me know when they start talking. And I just, I just, I just shut the visor on my camera and went to sleep. And then, uh, and then, uh, and then I did that again over lunch too. I just was like. I just set a quick little timer for my lunch and just took a nap in my seat. You've always been able to nap anywhere, though. Yeah. I mean, when when we basically had an ongoing nap Olympics when we were in high school, you you definitely won that race. A gift you know. and a curse. Oh, man, I was worse <laughs> in college. Oh, or, yeah. At, at least the well, last... Well, yeah, then you were hung over. <laughs> well, the, the last year of college, I would say I was really bad. Because by that point, I was so unhealthy because I was never sleeping. I was pounding three and four energy drinks a day. Mm. And then, like, at, at 1 a.m. when I'm working on p- 
papers that are due at 9 a.m. I would just run down to the sheets that was near my apartment and get like a quick fried food dinner and run back, eat yep. that, pound a monster, keep working. Yeah, I was so unhealthy. And consequently, around the same time every day, I would I would just not be able to stay awake. And I felt so bad because it was the same class and, I w- and I'd snore. And the guy, it was a super nice guy. He can't sleep and not snore. That this I know. Well, especially when you're like sitting up and your neck is all cranked and you know, yeah. yeah. But it's man, it was it was pretty bad. Like I would, I, there were days when I took two monsters to that class with me and I'd still fall asleep. And I sat directly <laughs> in the center of the class, so if I started snoring, everyone knew it. <laughs> everyone knew I was asleep. Oh, Zach. Yeah, I felt bad. He was a super nice guy, and the information was, it was an interesting class, but man. That's you, though, the sleepy scholar. The sleepy scholar. You sleep through a class and still get a C plus and be like, oh, good enough. I got an A, but yeah. (laughs) Oh, good, and that's even better. (laughs) Even better. Case in point. Case in fucking point. The sleepy scholar. Zach McCrary, the sleepy scholar. The, The best slash worst one was... I fell asleep in a hundred plus people like, uh, what do they call it? Lecture room, lecture hall. Yeah, or and, auditorium, whatever. Yeah, yeah. It's a big ass lecture hall, like hundred plus people. It was for a general British literature course. Oh boy! And I was I was zonked and full on, <laughs> and and it literally like because I was asleep through this part, but Ken told me because he was sitting next to me, and it stopped the class. Like the teacher stopped and like just looked back and like everyone else looked back and Ken Ken had to like violently elbow me <laughs> to wake me up and of course I just woke up and like I saw everybody looking at me and I'm just like whatever you know and so I'm just like keep hey. yeah I think I was just like hey keep going <laughs> I'm listening I was engrossed in the story <laughs> yeah. There were so much, so many facts coming at me that it was getting stuck in my nasal passages. Exactly. There you go. Anywho, get stuck up in there. Speaking of a lot of facts, we we have some catching up to do because not only did we not get to finish our Loki, uh, our our Loki watch along because we literally missed the last four episodes of a six episode series. Yeah. But well, the layoff ended up being six weeks altogether because of how shit broke. Oh, you're right. Yeah, 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 yeah. But also, we saw the Marvels in the meantime. That we did. Yeah. So even though some would say we're among the only ones, which is so sad. Look at the numbers. We're going to talk about it. We'll get there, folks. We ain't there yet. But I think, without further ado, let's uh, let's just throw up a, a general spoiler alert for the entire episode right now. Well, you got to do the sponsor first, Mr. Host. Uh, oh, Jesus. See, I'm groggy. I know. That's, and why, we that's also why I'm here. And we also just, I'm your heenan bitch. We also just bullshitted for seven minutes. We so did. <laughs> you know, that's all right. Hey, if you, uh, uh, the sponsor of the... Of the, <laughs> the sponsor of today's episode, of course, is ourselves tfdnerdcast.threadless.com There you go. I knew you'd get it out and tell us what they do there. Well, there they make shit that has our logos on it and send it to you. Yeah, they do. But first you have to give them money. Oh, that is part of the deal. That is part of the deal. You gotta give them money and then they will send you things like t-shirts, duvets, tiny French blankets. Bang! And you could get uh, masks. Kapow! If you want to avoid COVID. (laughs) It might help. (laughs) Or at least not give someone else COVID. There you go. That couldn't hurt. Yeah, couldn't hurt. You can get our cool logos on lots of different things. TFDNerdcast.threadless.com. If you want to support the show, you can go go there, buy our wares. Okay, now, spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Alright, Loki Watch Along, Chad. Season 2 is over. It is in the books for a couple weeks now. Give me... let's. I mean, let's just kind of... Since we basically missed the whole Watch Along, let's just run this like a movie review. So That's fair. I mean, yeah, we did two yeah. weeks worth of a Watch Along, and then there were, what, four other episodes? Yeah. Yeah. So... Go ahead and give us your opening argument. Give us your one sentence. 
they continue to find a way to make Loki matter in a way that I didn't think was possible. Mm. Okay. Uh, I'm going to say, at first I was worried that this wasn't going to go so well, but man, did they prove me wrong. Because honestly, when, when we first started watching our first review, I was... I was kind of like on the fence. I'd say for at least the first two episodes, it was I was kind of like, "Well, this is this is isn't bad," sure. you know that, and that's pretty much where I was at. I was like, "This isn't bad. I like the I like where I think they're heading, but I don't know." <laughs> you know, this is a good question then, huh? Where did it kick in for you? And it was like, "Snap! All right, we're in. Let's go." Oh, man. I'm not saying you got to pinpoint the exact moment, but like what was, you know, a good event maybe that happened in the series for you? Uh, I'd say once they they went after Victor Timely and which I think was like the th- episode three. I yeah, think. Yeah, yeah, I think it was. So I think it was really like the third episode where it finally kicked into gear for me. And I was like, OK, I th- I think I see where this is going and I like it. But then they kind of kept throwing me for loops, which I also really appreciated. There were some continuous loops. Yeah. Although, let me just slip in here that I totally uh, was going to say, like, kind of to go along with that moment, that, that for me, what really kicked things in was when Timely showed up. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, up until that point, I was like, okay, this is fine. You know, it was kind of catching us up with what had been going on at the TVA for the last 45 seconds since we last saw Loki because sure. it does kick in like the the second season does jump you right back in where you kind of left off. Which yeah, I, that was something we talked about during yeah. those first two episodes was how immediate they went and transitioned from end of season one to beginning of season two and really not having to worry about being like doing like a meanwhile back at the ranch. They didn't yeah. have to do that shit because it was the same fucking story. Nothing really happened off screen. Yeah. Yeah. Except, I mean, except for for Sophie, like Sophie went and did her own thing, and kind of had to catch up there. Yeah, that fair. But yeah, I mean, overall, and I, man, she didn't. I didn't care for Sophie as much this season. I was mm. a big fan of the character Sophie last season, but for some reason this season, she just kind of annoyed me most of the time. I gotta say, the first season felt like it was a little bit more about her. Whereas the second season, it's like, yeah, she's she's here. Yeah, she's here. And she either either I've depending on the episode, I felt like she's just kind of there or why you got to be such a pain in the ass about this? <laughs> like that, those were the two those were the two modes for Sophie. I felt like she could be a little bit pain in the assy. But, you know, you got to think while she doesn't like to be referred to one as such, she is. An alternate version of of Loki. Yeah, she's a Loki. You know, so, you know, you got to expect some of that stubborn bullshit. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, like the whole thing with Timely and Ravona. Ravona? Ravona. I think it's Ravana Renslayer. Yeah, Ravana Renslayer. Renslayer. Uh, I I was surprised how that went. I thought, again, a little bit tiny swerve where it seems like the two of them are getting really chummy. And I was like, "Oh, they're gonna play up that relationship from the comic." Sure. And then they swerved us, and you yeah. know, and like, and then at, like towards the end, where you think like, you know, they needed Victor Timely to fix the loom and stuff like that, and the whole time to be brave thing, and then he just falls apart yeah. as soon as he goes through the door. That, you know, like I love <laughs> those swerves. Cool. I thought those swerves were so important to the whole story. I I did. I thought they did a good job with the uh, Loki has to keep repeating things until he figures it out. Oh sequence. my god! I, I thought that was well done. Yeah, yeah, like what? What it took him like a century? I'm or, not sure, but two, I know it took him all sorts of time just to learn all those things about physics, and then still didn't get it right. Yeah, still didn't get it right. It was impossible. Like literally, it was impossible. And and the and the reason was he never talk to timely about it he just went and learned all this stuff you know what I mean? like i thought yeah. that was wild like all it would have taken was mentioning that stuff to but i guess also loki was still gathering enough knowledge to be able to say something like that to timely and then timely's like oh yeah yeah this could never work that makes sense 
Yeah, yeah, I suppose that could be could be the case here. Yeah, but it was it was such an interesting, like Sisyphean task that he didn't realize was him pushing a rock up a hill. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, I thought that that was such a cool idea. Well, I mean, what else are you gonna do though? You're trying to combat the end of all existence, you know? Yeah, which ultimately was never the end of all existence. They nope. just thought it was. And then he eventually, <clears throat> you know, combats the end of existence in a completely different way. Which was cool but weird to me because, like, the idea that he literally just grabbed all of the individual timelines that were literally just lines, like, threads that he could hold was weird to me because whenever I, when, whenever I was looking at it, I was seeing each of those threads as like from a far distance that if you got close, like you would literally be like, it's a, it's a, a living timeline. So, you know, like I was thinking of it in terms of the, when, when you look at it, if you see a galaxy through a microscope or not a microscope, a telescope yeah, that, you know, it looks small, but the closer you would get, the more ridiculously enormous it would be to the point where you wouldn't realize you were in it. You know what I mean? Sure. <clears throat> but they literally just had it that, like, no, these are threads. Like, they're, these are threads that somehow are in existence. And I, I didn't really understand that part. But at the same time, I liked that because that felt real Norse to me. You know what I mean? Like, that felt real old mythology. You don't get much more Norse than becoming Idrisil. Yeah, yeah, th- yeah, I loved that. Yeah. That, like, he becomes the Tree of Life. Yeah. That was really neat. I, after... And he gets his throne, finally. He's always been bitching about a throne. Sure. And he got it. I, after I saw the end of that show, I actually saw a uh, a video talking about how Loki was not just incredibly important in this show, but if you go back and look at the things that he's impacted... There's this theory floating around about him actually being the most important person in the MCU. I mean, at this point, I can totally see that. He's impacted a lot of stuff. He, Yeah, I mean, him being the agent of chaos that he is, he's had his hand in all the cookie jars. And yeah. Well, I mean, you think about it. His initial attack on the Earth is what puts the Avengers together in the MCU. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a huge puzzle piece right there, man. Like, yeah, I mean, there, there's other parts of the theory, and I could go I'm sure. on. I'm not yeah, gonna. Yeah. But you see what I'm saying. Like, mm-hmm. there are dots to connect there. It's an interesting theory. Look it up if you're into it. About, I will do that. About Loki being the most important uh, member of the MCU just because of all the different things that <laughs> impact him. Uh, but, but regardless of that, his impact in this show cannot be denied. I thought that Tom Hiddleston... Uh, played this well from beginning to end, essentially. I don't really have anything I could point to and be like, well, that's a down moment in the performance. I I thought he was pretty solid all the way. Yeah, I did too. I did too. I think that he has, he's just... So was Owen Wilson. (laughs) Wow. Wow. He's just embodied that character so well and has taken it beyond just playing a marvel character you know what i mean like because he's ultimately his portrayal of loki has changed the character loki yeah like even in the comics like if you go back to the period when like everyone had a hiddleston boner the character loki in the comics was altered to look a lot more like tom hiddleston because of the popularity that he he created of his portrayal of that character and he's been so good at it he's he really so has he really has i oh you know there was a lull for me in the show and i don't know maybe it's just me but the section of the show after the loom breaks where he is going to the realities and finding the people in their variant lives yeah i was bored oh yeah <laughs> yeah i was really bored for, for most of that little too much uh footwork with the tracking down and and I think just because it was just Loki looking at people's mundane lives and and I was just I don't know something about that just was boring to me. I just wanted them to get back to whatever you know what I mean. Like you're, I felt like it was just an easy way to get to film without needing to 
pay a lot of money to make sets and things like that. Like, oh, we'll just put it back in the, re- in the normal world for a bit. And I was like, oh, this is kind of kind of dull. I'm ready for you to go back to the TVA. <laughs> I can see your point, but I, I while I uh, don't disagree with uh, with maybe somebody saying, hey, you know, this would be a cheap way to fill a couple of scenes. Um, I I also thought that uh, some of those had had purposeful moments, like at least one or two of them. Yeah, I mean, it's funny because I was bored by it, but at the same time, I appreciated getting to see like what these people would have been doing otherwise. Like uh, I can't remember her numbers, but the the main the chief, uh, I can't remember her name. The, oh, the main wow! I, not police officer, but the main chick, the T four six or whatever the fuck you know. Yeah, that I know whole who you thing. Mean. But like, I thought that that was really neat getting to see her. Uh, like you know, that, oh, she would have been a veterinarian, you know. Yeah, that That's, was cool. Yeah, like she was meant to take like take care of people, and and like the kind of nice but sad existence of Mobius, because <laughs> it seemed nice but sad. Hashtag single dad life. Yeah, being a single dad trying to sell fucking jet skis. Like, Uh, that's sad. I mean, it it was sad because, like, it, you know, in a way it was like, okay, cool, he has a jet ski, but he he never gets to ride it. Yeah, Yeah, exactly, exactly. It's like, no wonder he's so obsessed with them. Because he he sells them and he owns them and never gets to use them. Yeah, that's... Yeah, that sucks. And he had two, which makes it even more sad because you know that other one was for his wife. Yep. Yep. That yeah. is doubly sad. Doubly sad. Why are you bumming us the fuck out? Well, you know. You know. <laughs> it's all part of when, when Owen Wilson is part of your production, I guess. Wow. <laughs> How about uh, Miss Minutes getting all fucking stalky and kind of crazy? I thought that was fun. Yeah. Yeah. I, I did liked too. It. <laughs> yeah. I loved how she like just was. I, it, it was interesting that she was so obsessed with he who remains. Yeah. And tried to pull that out of Victor Timely and ev- eventually was just like, you're not him. You're not good enough to be him. But really, she didn't do that until he kind of shunned her. And then she's like, well, you're a dickhead. <laughs> took her a minute to figure out that. He, oh, you know, one variant is not like the other. Uh, Hunter B fifteen. It was Wunmi Masaku. Oh, there we go. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, that's that. who we were talking about before. But yeah, she like I I loved that whole sequence with her. But yeah, yeah, you're you're right. It took her a minute to figure it out. <laughs> How about Kihoi Kwan as Ob? He ended up not getting as much of a run as I thought he was gonna. Like, I mean, don't get me wrong, still a very important character, and you can't tell this story without him. But I thought maybe we would get a little bit more of him. I mean, I think he was important as he could be. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's... I suppose that's fair. Because it was... I thought... Again, I thought it was a, a cool trick to have both he... And uh, both he and uh, Victor Timely be the ones who wrote the TVA's guidebook. Yeah, to, like w- together because of time. You know the weirdness of time. Yeah, the they part both where they meet it. one another and they're like, oh, oh, "Did you write? Wait, but I thought, yeah, that I thought that part was cool. Yeah, like they both wrote it based on each other's work. Yeah." Which doesn't make sense. It doesn't. <laughs> and I love it. I loved that. It doesn't. But this is time travel, exactly. motherfucker. There's always going to be part of it that doesn't make sense to somebody. And that's, no matter whose time travel rules you're going by. And then that's like the whole, like, the Ouroboros. Like, OB, that's his name. It's the snake eating itself. Yep. Yeah. Continuous snake eating its own tail. Yep. Neat stuff. Uh, that's I, a fun little thing for anybody who doesn't know what an Ouroboros is. Yeah, there you yeah. go. That's what it is. That, yeah, Snake yeah. eating its own tail. We taught you something on the nerd cast. You're welcome. <laughs> yeah, we talked about an Ouroboros, and I dropped Sisyphean today. Yeah, We're fucking I saw that, teaching was, stuff. that was a nice use of that one. I didn't even try it. Well it just done. happened. There's that English degree rearing its head. 
Uh, Gugumbata Raw, our Ravonna, Ravonna Renslayer. I thought that, like, I ultimately thought that she was going to be the focal main bad guy of this, but I kind of feel like about halfway through, she got kind of tossed to the wayside, like she was a almost like a red herring. She actually became more of just the annoyance that kept getting in the way of actually getting the job done that needed done. Yeah, she did. And I didn't understand why she, even after she knew what that job was, wouldn't go along with it. Like, that was really confusing to me. Agreed. Her motives and, and the way that her character was written, I thought, was unnecessarily circuitous. That, ooh, more you know? good words. Yeah. Yeah. That that there was like there was so much going on there that it felt like there was nothing on going on there if that yeah. makes sense. Yeah, yeah. And I just kept thinking, like, you know that this thing is falling apart and that they're trying to fix it, and it seems like you want it to be there and that you want to be in charge of it, so why won't you just let them fix it? Yeah. Yeah. Like, was, why are you trying to stop this? It doesn't make sense to me. A confusing individual. Yeah. But you have to have those in a confusing story. I guess. It was just a little too weird. But anyway. Another great example of uh, how sad I am that Jonathan Majors allegedly might be a dick. Because he was great in this show. I mean, we... I don't, I don't think there's anything more that we can really say about all that shit, man. We're... We don't want him to be a dick. It'll make us sad if if the legal uh, rulings say that he is a dick and, and if it ruins everything that we were supposed to get with Kang. That will suck. But at the same time, it is what it is. And if he's a dick, let it be so. Yeah. Uh, like Quick it aside. Does, it does suck, though, man. Yeah. Because he's so fucking good. I hate to say it. It's, he's so fucking good. Quick aside, because I don't remember if we if we talked about it, because it's been over a month since we did the show, but the, the rumor floating around that they might just completely scrap Kang and, and shift to Doctor Doom, I kind of fucking hate that. I don't want that. I don't either. I don't want that. I... I want Doctor Doom eventually, but but you've 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 already set Kang up to be the important character for this. You Don't... named one of the movies the Kang Dynasty. Yeah, like there's too much set up here. Follow through on the story. This was a problem. I'm gonna do a wrestling reference. This was a problem with WCW as opposed to WWE because if WWE saw that their storyline wasn't was not working, they would still finish it. They would finish the story. They might do it sooner, but they yeah. would finish it. WCW would just abruptly stop and move on and never tell you anything about it. And that was a big problem. And I feel like that's what they are going to do is like they're just going to abruptly Star Wars us and be like, nope, just kidding. Uh, it's this now. And it's like, just just fucking if it, if it comes down to it and you have to just recast Kang. Keep that story going. Just recast Kang. What you've done it to other characters? Why can't you do it to Kang? You can I, just say I that. I think it's the only logical course, dude. I really if 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 majors cannot go forward for legal reasons, then then you've got to do something else. But you can't scrap the character. There's been too much established. He's supposed to be way too big of a threat to just be dismissed in this way. Exactly. Like it's. You know, and, and I know a lot of people are like, yeah, well, he got beat by Ant-Man already. Dude, do you not understand? That's the idea of Kang, okay? Is that there are infinite versions of this guy. Exactly. Ant-Man beat one of the bitch ones. He beat one of, like, a billion Kangs. Okay? That's what happened there. This is not Ant-Man having taken down one of the ultimate evils of the Marvel fucking universe. This is him taking down one itty bitty teeny weeny tiny whiny piece of that individual. Yeah, okay. All Kangs are Kang simultaneously and shit. Exactly. And if you stayed through to the end, end <laughs> credit scene of Quantumania and saw the Council of Kangs, 
then you know what the fuck is really going on here. Yeah, you would uh, understand. The- yeah, then, the, you know, so then I would hope you're not whining about what happened in Quantumania. And if you are, buck up and learn something. Sorry. <laughs> but, but you know, like, that's just, that's where I'm at with Kang. I, I can't see you throwing away the character just because the actor who portrayed him may not be able to continue. If that's the way that it is, then let it be that way. But there is somebody else out there who can give us a good Kang if you give them a chance. I know this. Yeah. it's. I mean, it's going to be hard to follow someone like that, but you can find someone who can. It can be done. Yeah. I agree. 100%. Shall we move on to the Marvels then? I think so, but I guess we got to Pudding Pop Loki Season 2 first. Yeah. Let's, let's, let's wrap her up. Final thoughts and Pudding Pops. I like where this ended up. It had some bumps along the way. Uh, but in keeping with that theme, if those bumps are on a road, then the the rest of that road was like me driving along the coastline doing 70 with nobody else on the road and just looking at a nice sunset. I'm hitting a deer. You know. Because no. you weren't watching ahead of you. Well, maybe. <laughs> but, you know, but no, that, I mean, for real... Uh, other than the occasional bump in the road, I thought this show was uh, was really pretty spot on, enough so that I'd be prepared to give it eight pudding pops. Okay. Uh, ultimately, I thought that the show was good. I enjoyed where it went and how it wrapped itself up. I thought that was really unique. And, and if that is the send-off for Tom Hiddleston's Loki which in a way I hope it is, I think it was a good one. If, if that's where we leave him, you know, yeah. I think that that was a good one. Uh, I mean, I, I guess given the nature of what we think is coming with, with uh, the, like the Avengers films, there's a good chance we're going to see Loki again. But if we don't, that was a good wrap up for him. Uh, however, because of the fact that it took until episode three for me to feel like fully invested and because of the fact that in some, in like at least one later episode, I found myself getting bored. I'm going to have to go a little bit lower than you and go seven pudding pops. But ultimately, like I still really enjoyed it because I can I can give something, a you know, I can give something, uh, you know, a little bit of shit, but also still give it flowers, you know, because I thought fair. that it was a good show. It just, uh, it, it was better than Secret Invasion. That is not a hot take. (laughs) (laughs) I applaud your effort, Zachary, but that is not. (laughs) I know it wasn't, but I'm just saying, like, it was way, it was way better than Secret Invasion. Yeah, markedly so. Yeah. I'd I'd be on board with that statement uh, pretty Pretty hard. Yeah, I'd say hard. I'd say it was a, a, you know, Marvel almost threw the ball out of bounds, and someone, and then Loki just uh, caught it at the last second when it was about to go out and tossed it back into one of his players. There you go. Yeah, that was a yeah. So sports ball, sports ball. (laughs) That's right, sports ball. So yeah, I mean, you know, fifteen out of twenty. That ain't bad. Ain't bad. No, no, like I mean, I. I think as uh, as Marvel properties have been going here lately and how some of them have been received, I think you could have done a hell of a lot worse with Loki Season 2. Yeah, I've I've not heard bad things about Loki Season 2. Nor like as far I. as negative, nasty reviews, like what we're about to talk about. It's more like either people liked it or they didn't watch it. Yeah, yeah. I didn't. I didn't hear about a lot of people who watched it and didn't like it. Yeah, or or, or there were people like me who were like, "Yeah, that was pretty good." You know, yeah. it, it's the, it's not like they're going. They're not at the water cooler being like, "Holy fuck, Loki," but they're like, "Yeah, that was pretty good." That's kind of where I am. Show sure that's pretty good. And and with as much Marvel stuff as there as there is out there, hey, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I, I really I hate the fact that everyone feels like every single thing that Marvel does now has to be end game caliber. We're both sad about it. We because we both understand that those just aren't realistic expectations. They're just not. 
you know. It's just like you expect, like, if there's an author who wrote a book that you love, you then expect every single book to be the exact same level as that book. And that's just not how that works. Nope. Doesn't work that way, sir. Yeah. Or madam. (laughs) Or madam. Anywho. Anywho. On On to to the the Marvels. Yes. So, this one, Chad. Opening statement. I thought this movie was frenetic in every sense of the word. Okay. Okay. Uh, this one, I I went into it assuming that Kam- Kamala Khan would be the only thing that I liked about it. And that wasn't me being like what a lot of people are online about this. Sure. I just, like... I don't know. I just I had a feeling that that was going to be it. And it I'm this is I'm making this a really long sentence. I <laughs> I, I went in expecting to like be blown away by Iman Vellani but not by anything else and I was very happily surprised by everything that the movie gave us or at least most of it. All right, Mr. Run-on sentence. Yeah. There's what, a lot of commas and colons. And, what do you want to talk about first here, then? What what should be on the menu? The cast, the story. <clears throat> let's, let's get the cast out of the way first. All so, right. I mean, the uh, the you trio, already mentioned Iman Vellani. Let's let's start there. God damn, she she continues to be, and I've said this to a bunch of people. I've been spreading it around. She continues to be the best decision that Kevin Feige has made since the end of Endgame. I stand by that. She is the That's, best decision wow. that he has made. I like that. Yeah. Like, she is just so fucking charming. She's a fucking delight, man. Oh, my God. On, on this one, we are, we are totally on the same page. I Like, she is... She is. She's... Like, I totally buy her... I'm, I'm a superhero who's also a ridiculous fan of the superheroes... Yeah. Oh my god, I buy it so hard. And her reactions to thing through things throughout the movie were just so much fun. Yeah. And like she really is like she is going to be the heart of this next Avengers squad. She is adorable. Yeah. I like seriously. I I think she's I think she's fantastic. Yeah. And Mandalani has made me care about the character of Ms. Marvel in a way that I never did before. And I think that's great. And I, honestly, the uh I thought that the the um chemistry between our trio of leads Brie Larson's Carol Danvers and of course Tiana Parrish as Monica Rambeau I thought the three of them had really good chemistry and even though I uh it even though like the story of Carol and Monica kind of got rushed a little bit I felt yeah uh, I still think it was good and had and had some impactful moments, uh, you know, when they find when they actually did get to talk to each other. Because you got to imagine they haven't seen each other in literally like de- a decade or so. Sure. And now they are having to save the universe, so that doesn't leave a whole lot of time for heartfelt conversation. But when they got to have it, I thought it was good. I agree with the natural chemistry of the trio. I thought uh, Brie Larson as the uh, kind of big sister. And uh, uh, Tiana Paris as Monica Rambeau is sort of like the middle child, with the Mondalani <laughs> yeah. being kind of like the 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 newbie, the baby, uh-huh. the, whatever you want to call it. I thought that dynamic was pretty on point. Uh, one of my favorite sequences in the film, trope though it may be, was the training sequence with the three of them. You oh know, yeah, where like I said, total trope, and I and I totally. like, but but I enjoyed the fuck out of it, and it made sense because if you're if you're literally switching places with people every time you use your powers, you've got to learn how to harness that. Yeah, so it made sense yeah. that they had to do that. And if I'm being completely <clears throat> honest, the choice of intergalactic as sort of like not just the song for that sequence, but kind of the song of this film. Mm-hmm. I, I co-signed the fuck out of that. Oh, I loved I, that. Yeah, you know, like I'm not like 
if you want me to apologize for that shit, look somewhere else because you ain't finding it over here. (laughs) (laughs) I I thought it was perfect in so many ways. You got three beasties, you got three marvels. But also, uh, just the vibe of that song. Because even though this movie had some heartfelt moments and there were high stakes, it was just, it was a fun movie. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, it wasn't too up its own ass. Like, this movie was fun. I enjoyed all of the banter between characters and the silliness of what's uh, what's the cat's name goose no moose no moose. goose yeah i think it was moose is it i'm sure remember. it's moose whatever the cat's name is and having all the, the eggs cat that's and, not really a cat yeah and and oh god that scene even even though it was in all the trailers the the part where where kamala is on the floor next to him next to goose and the goose eats the people and she's like ah! that still killed me in the theater yes (laughs) yes it was good it was it was fun there was lots of fun hijinks but at the same samuel l jackson yeah and that's the only one that the gripes online i kind of agree with is that and and this is one of those things where like marvel as a whole i don't feel like was paying enough attention because we went from getting super serious PTSD Samuel L. Jackson just like a couple months ago to quippy fun space daddy Samuel L. Jackson or Nick Fury. And that felt kind of, kind of, uh, not stark, but like, like hit me. It just like hit me in the face. Like a bucket of water. Yeah. I was like, this doesn't feel right. This feels like two completely different people. Do you know what I mean? Like this Samuel doesn't feel like he, but then again, his wife wasn't there, so I have to assume that the Marvels happens before Secret Invasion. It's the only thing that makes sense to me. Because she wasn't even present, and she left with him. Yeah, and at, well, yeah, and at the start of the movie, he's on the space station. He's on the space station, yeah. whereas weren't they at the end going to do like a peace treaty or something? I believe so. Oh, wait, but the peace treaty was already happening in the movie. That was like one of the first scenes we get is the Skrull and the Kree meeting. Yeah, you're right. Shit. See, like, the timeline doesn't is kind of wonky. Yeah, it does seem wonky. Like, it it kind of feels like Marvel is kind of playing real loose with that, and I don't like that part of it. No, I'm not into that either. And I mean, while you're, while you're talking about timeline, I guess now that we've, we, we've hit most of the cast here, haven't we? We, there... we didn't talk about, like, Zawa, Ashton, okay. Darben. Well, yeah, let's get, let's get to that. Um, kind of a forgettable villain extremely um extremely forgettable i do not feel like that part was particularly well written nope i thought that uh darben's motives were kind of meh you Uh know like it just a lot of that did uh did not hit for me and you know what we say about how important the villain is that shit matters man yeah i think that like in a weird way i feel like they almost had to go back to origin story villain level where you're just letting the heroes do their thing and become a team and get to know each other. And because of that, you need a lesser villain. Does that make sense? Cause we sure. always talk about that, especially like in team movies where the team has to come together or like they're just getting their powers and they got to figure that out. Your villain is always going to be a bit lesser. I kind of feel like that's what happened here, even though there were huge stakes involved. Yeah, with with uh, you know, stealing our sun and stealing our oceans, or or stealing the oceans from that other planet. It was, I don't know, I don't know how I feel about it because it was, it was. She's got a vendetta with with Carol Danvers, which makes sense. Yeah, you can understand it. Yeah, like and her, but her method to uh kind of get that vengeance and at the same time save her planet was it was real i mean you know ultimately it was real comic book so i guess i shouldn't be so uptight about it because ultimately that's a very comic book thing to do is be like oh i'm gonna take something important from every place you love yeah it is kind of comic book as fuck you're you're not wrong about that but you know none of that stops it from being poorly written yeah that's i think that's the thing i think that's the thing is i i never really they they didn't do well with writing the opposition in this film no they just didn't and honestly if you ask me when you look at it it's because they were way too busy 
writing good bits for the heroes and funny bits because for the there one heroes family who was comic relief. Oh, I fucking com- I continue to love the Khan family. They're awesome. They are so good. They're awesome. But also, isn't it kind of stupid that Nick Fury would bring them to space just so that they can be awesome and funny? It was extremely- There's no other fucking reason for them to be there. It was yeah, it was really <laughs> obvious that they were just there for us to enjoy because they didn't <sighs> make sense at all to be there. And also for the fact that when it came time for all of the little, like, you know, Cthulhu cats to eat everyone to save them, <laughs> it doesn't make any all sense. Episode title. Cthulhu cats. All the Cthulhu cats. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, but, I'm texting that shit. But it it didn't make any sense that uh, Nick Fury would be like, let's use Kamala's family to help me do this instead of all of my trusted, uh, you know people that I work with here. Yeah. Like, if anything, the Khan family should have been the fucking first people eaten by those cats to save them. Like, they shouldn't have been... Like, it doesn't make sense that that Nick Fury was like, I'm gonna keep you guys around to help me make sure this works. Why? Well, that doesn't make any fucking sense. I know. I know, dude. <laughs> You're not wrong. Yeah. it's That's what I said. Like, they're... And, but I love them because they're so fucking fun. Yeah, they are fun. They are fun. I don't know if this is how you spell Cthulhu. I'm taking a shot. Uh, I know. You, you can, yeah, you yeah. can double check that one for me. Um, but yeah, man, like that just. Yeah, that I, I'm not going to repeat myself. Next thing. Yeah. Oh, also, I thought the singing planet was dumb and fun. Right on both counts. But like eighty percent dumb and twenty percent fun. I and I, I had a feeling that that's where you would come up because I was kind of the opposite. <laughs> <laughs> Which one of us likes fucking musicals? Yep. Oh, no, listen, listen. Okay, it was cute, but I I felt like it got dragged. It like they 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 pulled on it a little too long. It, they spent enough time on it that it felt to me like they were trying to turn Captain Marvel into a fucking Disney princess for five <laughs> minutes. I didn't, I, again, I'm not shitting on it. I'm not saying it's horrible. At their core, these films, at least a lot of superhero films, are still family films. Mm-hmm. So I'm not, you know, it was a cute idea, but I can't give it more credit than being you know a cute idea i thought it was fun because because monica is monica is really like the stodgy one of the three you know what i mean and i loved her reaction to the place whereas kamala is immediately loving it because i mean kamala you know she's got the like in her show they had like the kind of bollywood numbers and stuff like that so it was fun to uh to get to see her like react to this planet that is basically an entirely <laughs> Listen, you know, musical. I'm, I'm I'm vaguely shitting on it and I'm laughing about it, but at the same time, we are both stupid karaoke people. <laughs> if you if if we could go to a planet like that for a day, we'd have so much fucking fun. I'd have a ton of fun. After a day I'd be fucking tired of it. But yeah, yes. Yeah. But a day trip there awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I, I love the moment where um where where Carol is like, we need to talk to the prince of the place, and he just stops singing. And they're like, he doesn't have to sing. And she's like, no, he's bilingual. He's bilingual. I thought that was great. <laughs> it was a good moment. It was a good yeah. moment. Yeah, uh, I'll give you that. So where where do you want to hit next? So like we we kind of started touching on the story. Yeah, I think that's the next spot to go. Which is that in doing what Carol did in the first in the first uh, Captain Marvel movie, she kind of started an apocalypse for the Cree homeworld <laughs> because the sun, their sun is fading and everything Oops, is dying and uh and she feels 100% at fault for it she feels guilty about it and um doesn't know what she could do about it basically well you know it's one of those things where you know she killed the dictator and you know, now there's no dictator, but the people are starving. Yeah, what are you like, gonna do? Oh wait, like, that, that that dictator was keeping things 
in order, yeah. and now no one is able to do that. Exactly. He may be a, he may have been an asshole, but you know he was keeping shit lined up. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, yeah, that. I, I don't I don't mind the story as far as the premise or or what they were trying to yeah. do. But that's that's where Darben comes in because she's like the the new leader who's gonna fix the planet, but do so by getting vengeance on Carol Danvers. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And that you know is basically our launching point for as far as where Darben becomes important. I keep wanting to call it Barden. Yeah. Uh, Javier Barden. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Um, I liked the story. I didn't care for the way that it was paced about because what I said at the beginning about it being frenetic, I I really mean that as both a good and a bad thing because they kept things moving. We were, you know, they didn't rest on anything. One thing popped right into the next. Yeah. But at the same time, I thought it was a little too accelerated. These things are happening a little too easily. Uh, everybody is becoming weirdly okay with the situation way too swiftly. You know what I mean? I, I didn't, yeah. I didn't care for the way, the way that a lot of that shit was going. And, and the story is all really my biggest part or my biggest kind of nitpick when it comes to that is is i just did not think they paced anything well to tell you the truth like yeah there's still a good story here and there are still some moments that i really enjoy but it's it's like a fucking bowl of spaghetti you you didn't you didn't string some of this out and line it up properly it's all just kind of on the wall to the point also where there were a couple moments where I feel like something got left on the editing room floor, but they were like, fuck it, it's too late, we gotta move on. Dude, totally, and I like, here's the thing, I'm not somebody who normally feels like maybe they could go back and pick those moments out, but with this film, if I was watching it, like, bit by bit, frame by frame, I think I could find those moments, and that's not something I should be able to say. Right. You know? Like, for me, there was two two that really bugged me one was when we're first getting the whole uh you know the they're them switching places and stuff like that um when we, we see kamala and her family cleaning up their house and kamala is in her uh gear mm-hmm. and then when she disappears for a while and eventually it wasn't like didn't she get like when she reappeared she was falling from the sky at the one point yes yeah and then suddenly she was in like a flannel and and like she was in what was clearly like Carol Danvers clothes because Carol Danvers still has like the 90s thing going on with her sure. clothes. She was clearly in those clothes, but we never saw any reason for her to have suddenly been in different clothes. Mm-hmm. It was just done. It was it just was. And I, I was and that bugged me because I'm like, she wasn't in those clothes before. How did this happen? Like, we just don't know. And here's another thing about the story that I feel like I have to bring up. Because I don't think that this was explained at all. If the bangle being connected to the light powers of the other two heroes is what was causing all the body switching, why was Darben not subject to any of this body switching when when she put on the other bangle? That is a really good point. I like well, well. I think the the uh, the reason that those three wound up switching is because Darben was breaking shit with the other bangle, but that still lends credence to the idea of if she started breaking shit, why is she not also getting swapped around too? You see where I'm going here, right? Yeah. Like, to me, a, that feels like a really big hole, man. That, yeah. Unless you look at it like because she's the catalyst, she's not part of what's being broken. But even if that is what we're expected to believe, that is at no point in any way explained or defined. No, which which could have been done in like a couple sentences. If someone yeah. was like, well, why isn't she switching with us? And then someone would be like, probably because this. I would have loved a very simple, very stupid answer to that question. Yeah. And that's all it would have taken. And that's, that's all that's taken. all I would have needed. N- another little uh, another little thing that bothered bothered me was um so as soon as you see that bangle at the beginning 
that Darben finds, you're like, oh shit, that's the other. That's, that's that Miss Marvel joint. Yeah, and yeah. so by the end of the movie, you're expecting like, oh, we're like we're gonna get Ms. Marvel at her full power by the end of the movie, and then she'll have the two bangles going forward. And I fully expected that, but then at the very end of the movie, when she goes back to Earth, she's only got one bangle on, and we never talk again about where the other bangle is. And I'm like, why wouldn't she have both the bangles? Yeah. Well- she can use them. What happened, where, guys? And where is the other one? And we never, we never talk about I it think, again. Didn't it get destroyed? Did it? I think that's what we're supposed to have believed, at least. Oh, like when what's her face did? No, because no, they were both floating out in space. Uh, yeah. See this, because then she brought them back, and and Carol and Kamala had to do the Care Bear stare to help Monica do the thing when she gets sent into the other dimension. Care Bear stare. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, so like so the movie isn't perfect. No. There there are holes in the story. Yeah. When you sit down and you start doing things like this where you are critiquing it, you find you find things that are are wrong. And I'm not going to pretend that they're not there. But again, it didn't ruin my enjoyment of the film. I had I had a good time watching this movie. I laughed a lot. I enjoyed the characters, you know? Yeah, to say that it was not enjoyable, I think, would be going way too far, because I still enjoyed it as well. Like, there there are there are problems here, and there are things that we are, are going to pick apart as, uh, as both fans and podcasters and self-made critiques. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's that's just part of the nature of what we're doing here, but... Where I don't think either of us is saying, man, this sucked. You know, no. that's that's not what's going on here. No, and that's happening a lot, which I think is stupid. I, I think that is, it's, a lot of that is the typical shit. Like, unfortunately, there's a lot of hate for Brie Larson, and I feel like that hate got dragged along with this. I uh, do think that kind of tracks. I, yeah. Because if you watched the movie... And and you went in with like a clear mind, and you didn't have some kind of like harbored anger or you know whatever. I feel like you come out where we are. There's problems with this movie. It's not perfect, but it was fun. It was yeah. enjoyable. But you know, if you're coming in wanting to hate it, you're gonna look at all the same things we did and be like, "Sweet, I hate it." How about the the battle sequences and the CGI and everything? I think we're to that point. Uh, overall, I thought the CGI was fine. It wasn't as bad as some Marvel stuff has been in recent years. I didn't think anyway. I don't think any of it was particularly bad. I do think, like what I said with the pacing, a lot of the action sequences and stuff I think were rush were really quick and yeah and i and i don't mean like they they weren't timed properly as far as one thing happened into the other i mean they were quick in the way that they were filmed like you could tell certain maneuvers certain sequences they cut that camera away really quick because they knew if they stayed there for an extra second that shit's not gonna look so good mm. you know i felt like that happened a few times I mean, what you've been saying about the frenetic pace is absolutely true. Like, the this big battle that's, you know, happening to save the oceans of that singing planet, that felt like it happened real fast. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I th- it was maybe like 10, 15 minutes, you want to say? It was quick. Yeah. I, don't, I mean... I'd it was a cool to... sequence. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. But, yeah, it, like, it, boom, boom, boom. Like, everything is boom, 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 But boom. then, like, again, when when the Cthulhu kitties save the day, that's what they're going to be now from, from <laughs> now until forevermore. But when they save the day, that whole sequence of events feels really quick, too. Like, it's almost like, why didn't anybody think of this? Why didn't anybody think of this? Why didn't anybody think of it? Oh, we thought of this, and now it's done. <laughs> yeah. You know? Like, that... <sighs> Problems kids there are problems yeah you know yeah anything else specifically you want to hit on i feel like we've kind of i feel like we've kind of hit on 
everything that needs to be hit on about I the movie. I guess it's probably about wrap-up time. Yeah. Well, you know. But it can't really be wrap-up time until we talk oh, post-credits. Oh, that post-credits scene. Like, I was so excited to talk to you about that post-credits scene because I'm sure that you were grinning from ear to ear when that was over. Yes, because it makes me feel like there is a hope and a wing and a prayer that maybe we'll actually get some bastardized version of a of a real origin story for Rogue. You know, uh. it made me feel like that. How I feel about Kelsey Grammer Beast showing up in CGI the post credits. Kelsey Grammer Beast. I don't know how I feel about that, man. I I love Kelsey Grammer Beast. I do. There's actually, I mean, to be fair, I don't think there is a beast on record that I'm not on board with because I think Nicholas Holt did a hell of a job too. Oh, he was great. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but um, but I don't know about how I, how I feel about that particular version of Beast showing up in this film. It feels early. It feels early to me because I really thought they were going to try to nail Fantastic Four before they broached the X-Men. Mm. I thought that was where we were headed. And now I don't know what to think. It feels like they're they're just laying the breadcrumbs for everything now. And honestly, and who knows, that might not be like... That might not ultimately even be the X-Men that, that are the X-Men in the MCU going forward. It may not be. And but... also, also, it differentiated... Like it's, I'm sure they're going to bring in more of the same actors for it, but it did differentiate itself from the Fox X-Men because it wasn't a person in makeup. It was a full CGI. Well, I'll tell you you the other thing that it potentially does though, too. Hmm. Potentially now it sets up Deadpool 3 to answer a lot of fucking questions. That's also true. That is also true. I wonder if those characters are going to pop up in Deadpool 3 because of that. Like, if we're going to see Binary, which is... That was an interesting twist at the end. Mama yeah. Mama Rambo being there and being Binary. Yes, when, it was. When, um, when uh, Monica wakes up, because Monica is stuck in that dimension or that universe now. Yeah, the whole thing was... Like, I was into it, but I was also... I was also weirded out. I wasn't expecting it. It was out of left field. It was very out of left field. Yeah. I am curious to see where it goes. It does. It lends a lot of credence to like the rumors that I've been reading that they're going to do the Fantastic Four and the X-Men in their own universes and just have them all crash together to become one universe at post-Secret Wars. So that, like when we first meet them, they will be in their own universes without the avengers and all that stuff i kind of hate that that feels kind of lazy to me it feels kind of lazy to me just because we already know that so much of what fox tried to do with the x universe i mean a lot of it wasn't an out and out failure but some of it was well i don't think that they're going to wind up using that universe i just mean that like it's going to be from another place well, sure, but like I said, you gotta you gotta draw the parallel because otherwise, why are you having Kelsey Grammer back to be Beast again? Well, I mean, you know, you know, the, you're just doing that for funsies, you think? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, we already got Professor X, and that wasn't the same Professor X from the Fox, mm. but it was still Patrick Stewart. Fair, because like they've already shown that there are instances where are there where variants are the exact same person or look like the exact same person but there are also variants that are completely different a la sophie and loki yeah you know like and also the spider-man you know it may very well end up being the best thing about this movie that it that it basically teed a lot of things up for deadpool 3 to do exactly what i just said and answer a lot of fucking questions yeah we'll see how that goes see how that goes okay final thoughts pudding pops I mean, it's like we've been saying, this one is not winning any big-time awards. It's not going to the top of either of our MCU watch lists or anything like that. But it's also getting, uh, I think, a little bit of undue hate. And I think maybe is 
not being given uh, any opportunity just because of kind of where the MCU sits right now. Six and a half pudding pops. Okay. I mean, I can't say it any more succinctly than that. I feel very much the same way. Not setting the world on fire, not like at the top of my MCU list, but it's not at the bottom of my MCU list either. I had a lot of fun. It's got a lot of problems, but ultimately I paid money and walked out of the theater with a smile on my face. And isn't that the whole point? <laughs> ultimately it's supposed to be. Yeah. So I'm going to give it a, I, I, this is me tonight. Everything is just seven out of 10, seven out of 10 pudding pops. Fair. So 13 and a half. No. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be 13, 13 and a half. half. Yeah. 13 and a half out of 20. Not bad. No, I mean that that's not it's middle of the road. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. I said, it's it's exactly where I kind of thought we would both be on it. It's there there's no reason to just be like, bleh, this sucks. But I'm not gonna say there aren't problems either. There are problems. But I do really think, as I just said a moment ago, that maybe the greatest hope for this film is that eventually we'll look back at it and be like, look at at the shit that this film set off that happened in this film. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, th- I think that will, that could be a good outlook. Hopefully. Fingers crossed. Fingers motherfucking crossed. And on that note, let's spiel and get out of here. Pretty please. Goodbye and thank you. First things first. Hit us up at Apple Podcasts. Leave a five-star review, couple it with a user review, and get a shout-out at our earliest convenience. Head over to to Facebook, like us there, and everything we do comes to your news feed. You could also hit us up on X. Or, you know, if you still call it Twitter, I don't blame you. But either way, you can hit us up there at TFDNerdCast, at Z underscore Irish underscore Red, or at OneAngryFatDude. All of those tags are also available on Instagram, if that's more your jam. But you can also catch Zach's other podcasting efforts at the comics that we love, featuring the podcast of the same name. Indeedly doodly. And of course, if you don't want to download the show, you could just stream that bitch using Spotify. You could use Ghana. You could use Deezer. We're very accessible. If someone wants to hear us, Just tell them to check the podcatcher of their choice. Check, check, check it out. And you could also hit us up on a very specific website. That would be twofatdudes.podomatic.com Where the fat first grew. The clicks matter. Don't doubt it. And last but not least, for the mousy little fucks in the audience, you don't like social media, you don't like people seeing what you have to say, but you do want to reach out to the TFD, to the two fat dudes, you can do so privately at our very public email address, which is twofatdudes at hotmail.com. Chad, spell it out. T-O-O-F-A-T-D-U-D-E-Z. Clap if you love Zachary. <laughs> <laughs>